This evening we open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Uh, I said verse 2, but actually we'll read verses 1 through 3 for context, and I'll briefly comment on those verses. We will look at a few other verses in the chapter and in also in chapter 5. Briefly, just for a few connections, we'll see. But the, the theme of our sermon tonight is based on verse 2, and actually uh, a part of verse 2. But we want to see its context to inform our study here. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, with an emphasis on verse 2. And I'll, I'll highlight, reading again verse 2, what we want to give our attention to. Hear now the word of the Lord. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 2, again, is the section we're looking at, and what we want to highlight tonight, what we're going to give our attention on tonight, is that last phrase, forbearing one another. Now, we're going to pick up of how we're to do that in love, but in particular, we're going to focus on this phrase, forbearing one another, and even more, the word forbearing. We're told to be forbearing one another in love. Well, this study with you tonight of the scriptures in sermon form comes from a recent session devotional study. We always have a devotional to open up our session meetings as elders. And uh, we gave ourselves to the to our, gave our attention to this phrase forbearing one another in verse two. That's that's what we're going to be focusing on tonight. We saw some interesting things, especially in the Greek, that we'd like to share with you. And I'm going to bring some more things out related to it in this in this study. Forbearing one another. As we think of some things we'll learn of in the Greek, I want I want to I want to give this to you uh, to think about. If you unearth a coin that is covered with corrosion, full of dirt, almost difficult to recognize that it is a coin. You will yet save it in a special bag and work at seeing that it is cleaned up and all shined up if you know what it is. Gold. Because if you know that's gold, whatever it looks like, you know it is of high value, high estimation. And so you hold it as high value. And that affects how you're going to treat that dirty, rusty, rotten-looking coin. So Paul calls on God's called ones to call their brethren those of high heavenly value worth preserving. I give that to you as the general idea of what we're focusing on in this verse, in its context, and its larger context. Paul calls on God's people, his called ones to, uh, he calls, excuse me, Paul calls on God's called ones to call their brethren those of high heavenly value worth preserving. Now here's, here's what got us excited to think about this, or, or maybe convicted to keep thinking about it. Uh, the Greek word for forbearing, this is what we're really honing in on tonight. The Greek word for forbearing could be translated to lift, to esteem. 
you can have the idea of to lift up in your estimation and your and your thoughts and how you value the person to lift them up. I want to challenge us. So forbearing does not mean what I. If you're like me, I think that we can read it a little too casually and think it means to put up with. I don't know about you, but I can tend to be in danger of thinking forbearing means to put up with. It's not what it means. It means to lift up, to lift the person up. And I think when we're, oh, I got to forbear with this person, we forget how much God forbears with us. And all right, I'll just tolerate them. That's not what it means to forbear. It means to lift them up in your estimation. To esteem them. To hold them in high regard. To value them like gold. You see, the way to forbear, uh, that is to be patient, as we often translate it, or uh, to bear with, to show support and consideration. Those are different ways it's translated. To, to, to forbear, the way to do that is to hold up those that you need to forbear with in your estimation of them. Now think about that. If you think of them highly and you value them highly, it's going to be a lot easier not to, oh, i got to put up with such stuff. I'm going to lift them up, and I'm going to lift them up to the Lord and keep helping and serving them. That's the way we forbear is to to think well of them as we are patient with them. Even when they aren't so obviously gold coins at the very moment. In fact, quite the opposite. More often covered up and needing of cleaning and shining and a whole lot of it. And when that happens, we forget to look at ourselves in the mirror and recognize the same issues with us very often. And we're so thankful when people forbear with us that his lift us up higher than we deserve in their estimation of things because of who we are together in Christ. But you do so when you see them as those who are bought with the blood of Christ, who thus you consider priceless as Christ does them, and he does you. You see them, because the context here is especially our fellow Christians, you see them as children of God, just as you bear with your own children. Why? Because you value them. And so you value one another as God's children. Why? Because he values them so much that he sent his own son to give his own life for us. So often we struggle to bear with one another and we don't remember what Jesus had to bear on the cross for them. If he shed his own blood for them and for us, what's our problem? Oh, it isn't easy. There's all kinds of other things said. There's, it's repeated regularly because we need to be told it regularly. But if we can get it in our mind, this idea of esteeming highly and lifting up simply for who one another are in Christ, I think it'll be helpful for us to be able to be patient and Tolerant with one another. Doesn't mean tolerant with sin. Doesn't mean without rebuke. We see Paul sometimes say, you got to excommunicate that guy. Hopefully, so he comes back changed. And he did one time, right? We see Paul saying, those people are sent away from us. They left us because they were never actually one of us. He names some people and he calls them out for sin and all kinds of bad things. So there's places for those things. But generally speaking, as the body of Christ, working together regularly as the body of Christ, no crazy heresies, no crazy real problems, just struggling to get along because we're all sinners. We're all messed up, rusty coins that need constant cleaning and shining. For the most of us, for the most part, we're called to forbear with one another, value one another, that we would be patient with one another. Now, similarly, Philippians 2, verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through strife 
or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now that thinking lowliness of mind and lifting up the other better than you, who is the example given to us for that again? In Philippians 2 there, Jesus. That we would have the mind of Christ. That we would have unity in the body. And that's what's said here. But when, when Paul says in Philippians 2, 3, esteem other better than themselves. That word esteem is a different Greek word, but it's a synonym. It has the same idea. It could be translated consider, count, regard, estimate. Again, the idea is recognizing the worth. And thus the importance of being patient with them to reach their full potential over time, ultimately, which never happens until when? Heaven. Just like who? You and me. I just want to say again, however much you might struggle to hear this, how much do others struggle to hear it when they think of you and me? I'm not stupid. I know you have to forbear with me. I know you love me and I love you, but I know I'm not always easy to love. And you have to forbear with me just as I forbear with you. But we do that in Christian love, it says. We esteem one another valuable. We remember who we are in Christ. We know we're better than that because of Christ. And we'll keep growing in sanctification as we serve one another. Notice this is your calling in Christ. Chapter 4, verse 1. He says, this is your vocation. This is your calling, and I'm calling you to it. If you're you're Christians, this is what it is to be in Christ. It's not an option. It's like everything about who we are. Ultimately, it's to keep the unity of Christ's body. Verse 3. It's not even about us. It's about Jesus Christ and his body as a whole. Now, again, that's the whole focus of Philippians chapter 2. Humbling ourselves esteeming one us, others better than ourselves for the sake of unity. Our humility is well, what bring unity. And by the way, in every phase of life, family, marriage, working with children, working in the church, working in the world, government, the problem of why we don't have unity is we're all so proud. And we're so not wanting to humble ourselves. And so often that's all that it takes to resolve the problem. Whether we started it or not. Oh, the devil loves to stir up that pride and self-righteousness when we should just be on our knees thanking God not sending us to hell. And how much we could humble ourselves if Christ can humble himself to death, even the death of the cross, Philippians. We can't, like, forbear with one another a little more, try to change how we think about one another a little more, humble ourselves for the sake of the unity of the whole a little more. We can And that's our calling. Now, notice this phrase, one another. I remember a a minister back in Pittsburgh said he did a whole study on the one another's. That's a nice thing to think about studying through the New Testament. The one another's. We're called to forbear with one another. This is a phrase that is rich. It's a rich term and it's repeated often in the New Testament. And we see it repeated just here right here in chapter 4. Look with me at verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are all members one of another. 
There's this mutuality here. There's this 1 Corinthians 12. We're all part of the same body. Can't say we don't need the other. One another. We see this phrase in verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And remember, we went to that scripture a little while ago, and we said there's such power in forgiveness. If God forgives, this is a sign of his power. Uh, what do they say to Jesus? Who alone can forgive but God? Right? He's calling us through Christ to forgive one another. This is a powerful, this is to reflect God and his, his mightiness. You know, we can tend to think it's powerful to not forgive and hold grudges. No, that's called weakness. Power is to forgive and have mercy. Forgiveness is what keeps the blood flowing in the body of Christ. There's another time I want to look at with you in Ephesians, but that draws our attention to Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, And forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also, so also do ye. So there you see a parallel with Ephesians, as there often are with Ephesians and Colossians. Forbear one another, forgive one another, just as God forgave and forbear you in Christ. This is our calling. In Christ. We were called to God through Christ by his forbearance and forgiveness of us. Look back at Ephesians, but now chapter 5, verse 21, this one another thing that continues. And I'm only giving you a little sampling of it, beloved. I encourage you to consider looking through the scriptures on this phrase, one another. Ephesians 5, verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another. In the fear of God. What is it to truly have God as our Father, to have the fear of Him that, that is respect and honor? It's to respect His children and submit one to another. Uh, submission is not necessarily agreement, remember. In fact, it can be open disagreement. It can be open, I dissent, I don't agree, but I will submit to the whole. There's so many things that we could just say, look, I don't agree. I think this is not the way to go, but I submit to the whole. That's what Paul calls us in Philippians 2. That's, that's the way of Christianity. I'm not going to always demand my rights. I'm going to give up my rights. You know, when this is the way we live, give me my rights. We never have our hand open to get anything from God. Because we deny his right to rule our lives, including his divine providences over us. Some of them very difficult. When we shake our fists at God in the world, don't expect him to fill them with anything. But when we humble ourselves and open them up in humility and worship and service, watch what he does. Watch how he fills them and begins to fulfill our request to him. Christ often calls upon us with one another's, and that is, those one another's are connected, as it is in our text tonight, to mutual love. 
John, listen how many times he says this, by the way. John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you. Notice, commandment. That ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Again, we're called to bear with one another in love in our text this evening. John 15, verses 12 and 17. Jesus says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Now again, notice the love with esteeming or valuing one another, that is forbearing one another in Ephesians 4, verse 2, our focus of our text tonight. That's how you forbear. You value one another with patience in love of Christ as he has for us. It doesn't come from your power, of course not. It doesn't come from your natural ability. We're talking about supernatural things here. The Holy Spirit, what's one of the fruits? Love. We're talking about that we can say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We never say, I can't do that. We say, of course you can, and you're commanded to. And in Christ, you can do it. You can do it better and better. You know, beloved, what a witness we can give together just for bearing with one another until God calls us home. You know, one of the things that is such a blessing to me for our children is that so many of you have been here for so long through so many things, far longer and far many things than we've been called on with you here, and you just stay together. Nobody's pretending we got it all together. Nobody's pretending we're perfect. We work out things. We elders have to apologize to one another and forgive one another and forbear with one another. You know, we say it's just like family. We work together so often. It's just like family. You're with your family so often. Those are the ones who see you with your hair down. Those are the ones who see you when you haven't slept. Those are the ones who see you when you're completely wiped out and you try to behave yourself all day until you get home. Well, when you're serving with a session and you're serving through all kinds of things, sometimes you can just say or do something stupid and hurtful. And you just got to say, please forgive me. And we do. And it's so wonderful. It's that easy. In Christ, what a witness just to forbear with one another, to value one another in Christ and for Christ, and thus be patient with one another and have the unity that Psalm 133 that you sang says, the beauty of it, the beauty of it. It doesn't come through perfection. It comes through humility. Love puts the other person above ourselves and denies ourselves for the other person, just like Jesus did for us. Philippians 2, again, is a big highlight. But also 1 Corinthians 13, all about love. Our Bible translates it charity. It's all about denial and not demanding or keeping a list on the other person. It's all about letting it go. It's all about not being easily provoked. It's all about what? Endurance. Love beareth all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. What is it? It bears all things. It forbears. It holds up the other. Which is why this chapter is so important regularly with marriage as often it comes up, right? 
Romans 12, verse 1. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. You don't just begrudgingly tolerate because you have to. You don't sinfully say, I have to love, but I don't have to like them. You know how many times I've heard that in this church over the years? Folks don't like to be challenged about those words. Yeah, you do have to like them. You actually have to like them a lot. That's the command. You have to like them a lot. What? Yeah. That's forbearing. And by the way, you know how many people are praying, God, help me forbear with you? Especially if you're not very forbearing, right? (laughs) How much are people probably saying, help me like that person who's not very likable? Thinks they know everything. Doesn't listen too well. So impatient. You have to esteem them highly. And that's how you forbear. And this is how you can persevere with them, by seeing them in Christ and seeing Christ in them, by placing the same value that he does on them and the same value that he does on you. He sees you. He's made you the house and family of God. He's made you members of Christ's body, Christ's temple, Christ who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The way to bear with one another in Christ is to recognize your mutual value in Christ as those Christ purchased with his own precious blood. To see each other for who they are through all the distracting dirt and grime that often covers them over and can put us in danger of despising them as lowly or nearly worthless. Ah, we'll deal with them. Instead of, no, they're Christ's and they're my brethren. I'll lift them up and esteem them and help them. See them as images of God, first of all, which is what you can do with any human being. Oh, admittedly, totally depraved, shattered, but still, we know from Genesis 9 and from James, still the the image and similitude of God. See them simply because they're made in the image of God. They're the image of God. But more than that, as Christians, see them in Christ, renewed images of God. Gold that needs more water, more polishing, but it's certainly worth bearing along with each other to see that this happens, because it surely will happen. Because they're Christ's. Them he has foreknown, he's also predestinated. And whom he has predestinated, he's also called. Whom he's called, he's also glorified. It's going to happen. Stick around. You know, one of the glorious things, the most glorious things of ministry, and the most glorious things of just serving one another in the church over many, many years, is you get to watch one another grow. And shine. Better than before. We get to see that as relating and serving one another. Just growing together. Charles Edwards Jefferson, I know I've quoted this before, it bears repeating, bear with me, forbear with this repetition, please. 
In his book, Quiet Hints to Growing Preachers in My Study, he says essentially this, if we are called to bear with one another's sins, to be forgiving and forbearing with one another and our sins, then surely we must be able and willing to bear with one another's stupidities. Oh, we all have our stupidities, don't we? We all have these weird things that just can annoy, and we're called to forbear, value one another, in spite of those handicaps that are being fixed and healed by the Lord. Uh, Especially discipling new converts who are just beginning to learn how to shed themselves of plenty of their old man, we need to have forbearance. We need to value them and who they are in Christ and who they will be in Christ, just as others have done for us. But of course, we all have our quirks. We all have our own idiosyncrasies, our oddities, our annoying habits. Sometimes we get more mad about those than sins, don't we? (laughs) We have our own sinful setbacks also that we never completely shake in this life. Because we all look nothing like who Christ made us. So we need to apply the golden rule and show each other the courtesy of looking closer and seeing the gold within us, Christ within each of us, by his indwelling Holy Spirit, and for Christ's perfect state, and for Christ's perfect sake, hold one another in high esteem. That is the message for you and I this evening from our text. Hold one another in high esteem. Watch how much easier it is to get along and to make progress. Let us pray. Lord God, forgive us for we truly indeed are convicted of our sin of omission and violation of this command. We esteem ourselves higher than others. I'm afraid to say we esteem ourselves higher than you. We would still be God. We would still be king. Have mercy, O Lord. Save us from ourselves. Bless us to have humility, working with one another, to hold one another up high as to require us to hold ourselves low, as one of your verses tonight said, that we would esteem one another better than ourselves. This is so opposite of the way of the world, and we recognize so opposite of the way of our old human nature. Help us to kill more of the old man and vivify more of the new by putting on more of Christ. Lord, let us follow your example of giving ourselves over willingly to death, to sacrifice, just as we're told in Ephesians that Christ loves the church by giving himself up for her, washing her with the word. So, Lord, let us give ourselves up for one another, ultimately to give ourselves up for you, that we would show that we esteem you highly as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the God of glory and our own good shepherd and our own king with whom we have truly made accounts with whom we have given ourselves over, bowed our knee, and confessed with our tongue that you, Lord Jesus, are our Lord.
And indeed, as you forbear with us, let us forbear with one another in Christ. And for your name's sake, we pray. And all your people said, Amen.